A lot of people ask me what qualifies as a binge. And the way I approach this question has nothing to do with the actual amount of food that you eat and a lot more to do with the reasons that you're eating. So today I'm going to share with you how I approach the question, was that a binge? So that you can feel empowered to answer that question in a way that helps you grow. Welcome to the Binge Eating Coach Podcast, the podcast that helps you go from intellectually knowing how to stop binge eating to really taking action and healing your relationship with food because you deserve more space in your life for the things that really matter to you. My name is Krista Couch, your host, recovered bulimic and binge eating coach. Now let's get started. Hey friends. So as I was thinking about topics for the podcast, I was wondering why I haven't already created a podcast with this topic. It's such a common question that comes up. And on top of that, it's such an important question to address because once you understand how you define a binge, you can use that to figure out your next steps and start making progress and start seeing tangible changes in how you approach food and your relationship with food. And that's really important to have in your toolkit as you work to overcome binge eating. So today we're going to talk about a few things that you can think about and consider as you figure out how you define binge eating. And here's the thing. I have clients ask me all the time, was this a binge or was it not a binge? And sometimes they want me to tell them the answer based on how much food they ate. And I never base my answer to that question based on how much food they ate. And there's a reason for that. The problem with basing my answer to that question on the amount of food is that I've witnessed my husband eat a lot of food and to not qualify it as a binge. And it's honestly an amount of food that I'd consider a binge when I was binging. But I've also had people reach out to me and consider a relatively small amount of food a binge because they felt so out of control. And I think that the amount of food here isn't relevant to the inner experience and how they feel. And so finding a way to define what a binge is and what it's not that can empower you to understand yourself better and understand where your work is, is really important. I was reflecting on my own recovery and for the most part, I was very confident on what a binge was and what it wasn't. But what I noticed as I started to really heal my relationship with food is that it felt very different for me. The feeling that I got when I binged was very different than the feeling that I felt when I intentionally gave my body what I wanted to give it. And the reason was not the amount of food because it honestly could have been the exact amount of food, but it was totally how I ate it, how I thought about it. And that's what I realized really matters. And that's what I've noticed with my clients. I find that it's so much more empowering to focus on a definition and a way of defining binge eating that is empowering and helps create behavior change versus just some criteria that is a little bit more vague and is important when it comes to diagnosing, but not as helpful when it comes to actually understanding yourself and your own relationship with food. But before I get into that and the process that I use, I do think it is important to touch on what is used to diagnose binge eating disorder. There is criteria for a reason, and it's very helpful to have that criteria. 
one of my favorite classes in college was actually abnormal psychology. And we talked all about the diagnostic criteria for different mental disorders. And it was one of the most fascinating classes for me. I think that one of the things that really clicked for me is that we need people to diagnose. We need psychiatrists, we need therapists, and we need people to treat mental illness. But there's also a need to talk less about the illness and more about what happens next. What is life like when you're mentally healthy? And so in understanding the diagnostic criteria, you can build that foundation to understand what's next. And I encourage you to have that mindset as we talk about how to define what a binge is and what it isn't. Remember, as I talk about this, to use this in a way that empowers you. So part of the criteria is binge eating needs to occur at least once a week for three months to be diagnosed. That does not mean that if you're binging with less frequency, that your struggles are any less valid than somebody who's binging with way more frequency. It is all completely valid and you deserve to work on the things that you want to work on. So I think it's important to remember that. Also, there is very helpful criteria for a lot of people, like understanding that binge eating is when you eat more food in a specific amount of time than somebody else might in a similar period of time under similar circumstances. It also is defined by a lack of control over eating during that episode, which is what makes it different when my husband eats a large quantity of food and might feel uncomfortably full versus somebody who eats less food but feels very out of control while doing it. Binge eating episodes are associated with three or more of the following criteria. Eating much more rapidly than normal. Eating until feeling uncomfortably full. Eating large amounts of food when not feeling physically hungry. Eating alone because of feeling embarrassed by how much you're eating. And feeling disgusted with oneself, depressed, or very guilty afterwards. Another really important criteria is distress is part of this. Most people that binge eat feel distress and guilt and shame about this. And that's an important part of the diagnostic criteria. The final criteria is that binge eating disorder does not include compensating. If you're trying to make up for a binge in any way, that technically doesn't qualify as binge eating disorder. That doesn't mean that it's any less valid. So whether you fall under the umbrella of binge eating disorder or bulimia or another eating disorder, your struggles are valid. And I want to talk about the way that you feel when you hear these criteria that I just listed off. Do you feel empowered or disempowered? Because these criteria are a really good starting point and it can be helpful to use these things as red flags and it's important to notice how you feel because of them. The answer to that question of do you feel disempowered or empowered will be different for different people. What I encourage you to use as a sign that you feel disempowered by this is that you get overwhelmed or confused instead of feeling like you have a lot of clarity and you know what your next steps are to create a better relationship with food. Because whether you feel disempowered or empowered by the way that the DSM defines a binge you can learn something from the way I help my clients who feel disempowered by the DSM because it's all about understanding what your next step is. And I like to simplify it. The way that I think about this is, were you eating to avoid uncomfortable emotions? 
that question gets to the root of the problem. Think about it. The urge to binge or the urge to diet and restrict to change your body comes from this place of feeling inadequate or feeling desire or feeling restlessness. And so if you pay attention to the uncomfortable emotion that you might be avoiding, then you can know where your work is. And a part of the problem that I have with the DSM-5 diagnosis is that it focuses on the problem, which is appropriate for what it is. But I know that when I was binge eating, I felt very lost as far as what my next steps were. What is the next step to creating a better relationship with food? A relationship with food that is not just mediocre or including not binge eating, but a relationship with food that actually supports the life that I wanted to create. Not a relationship with food that feels like you could break at any moment or that the urge to binge is just too powerful and you don't feel like you have what it takes to get through that. So start asking new questions. This will make it easier to work through the reasons you binge. If you're asking questions like, am I trying to avoid uncomfortable emotions? Am I feeling an urge that I'm trying to escape? It can lead to you feeling so much more confident with understanding where your work is in transforming your relationship with food. Understanding that you're binging to avoid uncomfortable emotions is great. And you can say, okay, yeah, I'm going to consider that a binge because I was avoiding the urge and I had that urge there. I was avoiding feeling that. So I know it was a binge. Then the problem is, is what do you do next? What's the next step? And the next step is learning to process those emotions. It really simplifies it. Binge eating recovery is pretty simple on the surface. You're binging to avoid uncomfortable emotions. So in order to stop binging to avoid uncomfortable emotions, you need to learn the skill of being present with them and processing through them. And that is easier said than done. That is why I have the business I do and I give the tools that I do is because that's where the work is. So if you want to have a definition for binge eating that empowers you to do the work, focus on whether or not you're avoiding emotion or processing emotion. An emotion can be happy, sad, but it can also be feeling desire, feeling restlessness, feeling anxiety. So focus on the discomfort that you're avoiding instead of these criteria that are helpful, but can leave people feeling overwhelmed and confused. And there's one final step to this because you can understand the diagnostic criteria and you can understand pretty much everything there is to know about binge eating intellectually and still struggle. And this happens when you don't really know how to process emotions. So here's the process that I recommend to start doing that when it comes to binge eating is start taking notes, start literally writing down what it's like to feel the urge to binge. What are the emotions that you're feeling? You don't even have to name the emotions literally write out what it feels like in your body to be in that experience. Because what happens is binge eating is a way to avoid that. And so when you're avoiding that, you're not feeling it. You don't know how to feel it. But when you put it into the simple terms of this is just a sensation in my body, it feels really intense. It feels very strong, but it's something that I can just observe and be present with instead of running away from. That's where the power is. 
that's where you have the ability to start processing and stop avoiding discomfort and start creating a life that is built to be enjoyed and pursue your passions. So I hope that this is something that you really take action on this week. And I will talk to you next Tuesday on the Binge Eating Coach podcast. I know you want to overcome binge eating and have an easier relationship with food, but it's easier said than done sometimes. And there's a lot of things that I know now that I wish I knew when I was going through this and I was trying to overcome binge eating. And so I created a course with all of the things that I wish I knew about motivation and obstacles that come up. If you want to learn more and sign up for this course, you can find it at kristacouchcoaching.com slash course. I look forward to seeing you there.